Take your hunting and bird watching experience to the next level with Alpen Optics. With state of the art technology, chic design, and super functional features, Alpen Optics binoculars and spotting scopes are the ultimate companion for outdoors enthusiasts. As practice oriented hunters and nature observers, Alpen knows you have to rely 100% on your equipment when stalking, night hunting, and more. Explore their range at alpenoptics.com. Alpen, discover the difference. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. This is the Custard TV podcast, the podcast by TV fans by three... No. I'll do that again because I keep forgetting the slogan of our podcast, Matt. We need to get it out on tea towels, like I keep saying. I've, yeah, been, I've okay. gone to the printers. I'll, I'll work on that. And thank mugs. you. <laughs> mugs would be great as well, yeah. Okay, this is the Custard TV Podcast, the podcast for TV fans by three TV obsessives. Your obsessives this week are myself, Luke, hello, Matt in the North as well. Hello. You're not feeling well today, but we're not going to dwell on that, are we? No, I'm I'm I'm, feel, I'm feeling all right at the moment. So let's 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 do this. <laughs> you sound as chipper as normal, so you must be always. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's fine. On the on the cusp of illness whenever we record, because yeah. this is about the level <laughs> of what you sound like when you feel Just well. Just talking to you, I think. A freelance journalist who writes about art and television for Drama Quarterly and the Daily Mail Weekend. Nicole Lampert joins us this week. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm okay. What have we stopped you from doing with your afternoon? Um, playing with my children. Oh, oh, that <laughs> sounds awful. You feel really guilty. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that's no, that's that. It's quite, it's quite fine to have a, a have some time off. <laughs> I do feel like we've been doing either mothers a disservice or a or a service because a couple of times people who, who have children who've recorded this with us, they've sent them away, they've sent them to friends. Sarah, wasn't it, had sent his yeah. family out of the house that she could record. I mean, God knows what the kids think. I mean, it's the weekend and they're just being sent wherever they want, but we appreciate your time and that, that you've just... Have you locked them in a cupboard or have they got the free reign of the house? Um, they're in a cupboard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have free reign of the house. I'm hoping they don't come and interrupt. You know, I do sometimes have to do interviews when they're at home and whatever and so they kind of know on pain of death okay have you had any interview nightmares like you know either it not recording or anything like that because that is my worst nightmare when i'm having people over the phone and things oh yeah i was interviewed i had like an hour with warwick davis once and really fantastic chat and then I was saying my goodbye, and I went to look at my dictaphone, switch it off, and then I realised it hadn't been recording. Oh, my goodness me. What, did you have to redo the whole thing? No, I just, uh, you know, people like that, their time is very short, so I just went home and just really Oh, uh, don't do down. that. Don't do that, no, gang. Oh, oh, <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, just went, I just went home and remembered what he'd said. Oh, you know, I just wrote it all down as quickly as I could. You know, it, none of it was offensive or anything. So it was no, all nice stuff. Not. I was talking to property guru Phil Spencer, and it just hadn't recorded. We were on the phone for forty-five minutes, and he had to oh. remember everything he'd said. It was just awful. Anyway, Matt, mm-hmm. is this call recording? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, we got to back up. <laughs> Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. This week we have four shows to review. We have the social media question as always. And then Nicole will take on Boxmaster. Uh, with Robin sitting at the top of the leaderboard at the moment. Do you feel like you have a good general knowledge of TV and, and things in general? No, I don't. I, I think I'm going to be bottom of the leaderboard, and I don't say that with any fake modesty. 
Okay, well, that's something to look forward to. Uh, that's coming up at the end. And I'm going to go out on a limb. You may lose the connection because I'm going far out on a limb to say before we start that these four shows that we're watching this week might be the best four shows we've had to review since the start of this new incarnation of the podcast. Because normally we pick four, so it's a nice round number. And there's usually yeah. one or two that are a bit iffy or we just pick because there's nothing else. Just really sort of rough shows. But this week I think we've got four good ones. So let's do the social media question and then we will get to the four shows we're talking about this week. If you could, which film would you turn into a TV series? Matt, you're a big film buff as well. What would you go for? Yeah, this was a hard one for me because it is it is quite a hard question. I think that's why we haven't had a lot of feedback really. So I just cheated and looked at the DVDs that are sort of in front of me. That moment. is cheating. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and of those, the one that I thought of was Adventureland. I don't know if it's a film you... I think it's a film you've seen, Luke, isn't it? Mm, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so, the, yeah. Sort of, no, I suppose because the Goldbergs does quite well, doesn't it? Set in the 1980s and things like that. Set in a, a theme park in the 1980s. Um, it, the film starred Kristen Stewart and Jesse Eisenberg. Um, but the, the, I think it is quite an easy format to sort of replicate a theme park, the different people who work there sort of that nostalgia element as well. That's the one I thought of anyway. Well, I'd like to see, because I really love the film from a few years ago, I'd like to see Whiplash as a TV series. Uh, you don't see many musical set set things anyway, and just to see that build up and him uh, the, the sort of teacher becoming more irate and the student getting more and more strained over the course of episodes would be good fun and there'd be a lot of... I, I suppose that there. would have like a limit, though, wouldn't it, on on what oh, you could yeah. do with that? I'm not saying I want you know more than two series of it, but I'd still like to see you know what that would be like transformed into a TV series. That's one of my favourites. Nicole, did you have something that jumped out on you before we get to the people of Twitter? It was at some. It came out immediately, which was ET, which is my one of my favourite films from my childhood. You could either follow ET home and have an alien set world. Or you could have like E.T.'s, the son of E.T. coming down. And I was thinking, you know, there was like Stranger Things was obviously kind of based on E.T. You know, that was one of the elements, that E.T.'s nostalgia, the kids on the bikes. Mm. Um, such an, you know, emotional story. I just thought that would be a really great one. That is a good one. Spielberg doesn't listen every week, but if he is listening then that would be something that I'd put to him to do. That sounds really good. You say we didn't have many, but what did people say? So um, we've got Will Barber Taylor, uh, former guest of the show, says uh, Primary Colours. Um, I don't know if that's a film you're aware of. Um, I, I really like that one. Uh, that was where John Travolta started as sort of a Clinton-esque figure. He says because it could easily be a comedic West Wing, and he also mentions thank you for smoking because of character potential. Um, the EastEnders Weekly podcast came up with one which I think is already in the works. They said Lord of the Rings could work as a yeah, TV Amazon show. Yeah, Amazon are doing as, that. Yeah, as the budgets for TV are huge now, is that going to be on Amazon? Yes. Yeah. Daryl Miller says one I've never heard of. Uh, Kin by Red Bike, Red Blue Bike has a compelling premise with great characters. If there aren't any movie sequels, I'd love to see a TV series with the same cast as I want to see what happens next. And uh, finally, Mo Walker says, um, how about Angelina Jolie's salt? TV viewers need something to fill our Russian spies infiltrating America <laughs> void now that the Americans is over. They've still got it in American politics. It's <laughs> still going on. In the real, the real world. <laughs> still on the news every day, so that's fine. Thank you for contributing, as always. We'll have another one uh, going up very soon at the uh, at the Twitter feed, at Custard TV Pod, or you can look for at Luke Custard TV or at Matt's TV Bites. Watch out for what we post there. Right, um, we're moving swiftly on now. It's moving quite a pace. Keep up. To the four shows that I think this week, as I said, Probably the best selection of shows we've had to pick from for a while. Uh, so we've got Saran Jones in new BBC One Sunday night period drama Gentleman Jack. We've got Stephen Graham in The Virtues on Channel 4. We've got What We Do in the Shadows, which is part of the deal between BBC and FX. It's a US show that's aired, uh, I think, eight of its ten episodes already in America. 
and we're getting it in double bill helpings on Sunday nights. And also Mum, the return of the fantastic sitcom on BBC Two, which as we speak is all there for you to gorge on on the iPlayer. So I think we should start with Gentleman Jack. Nicole, are you happy to sort of walk us through the basics of the plot here? Sure. So um, this is a story that Sally Wainwright of um, Last Tango in Halifax and um, Happy Valley, this was a kind of passion project for her in that she used to go to Shibden Hill Hall as a young girl and became fascinated in the real-life story of one of the owners, Anne Lister, who basically was a woman 150 years ahead of her time. She was a lesbian Mm. who married another woman. She was an heiress who um, was a businesswoman. She's basically a fantastic character. I don't think we've ever seen a character quite like her her on British television, and probably if she hadn't been a real figure, you couldn't make her up. So it's got Saran Jones as... Um, Anne Lister, she's fantastic in the role as she is in almost all her roles. I've seen the first episode, it, it, you see her complicated family dynamics. because She's not a completely likeable character, certainly at the start, but you see that she's, she has, she's got a lot of heart, heartache because obviously in those days you couldn't live as a lesbian and uh, she's heartbroken because her lover has left her to marry someone else. Mm. Um, and then by the end of episode one, then you see there's perhaps a new beginning. As a rule, do you like period dramas? I love period dramas. I don't know. I, there, just, there seems to have been less appetite from the general public about period dramas. So I think that people making them are trying to do things a bit differently. Um, both Vanity Fair and this one, they both had that flea bag thing of looking mm. at, through the fourth wall, like winking at the audience. Uh, that's the only thing I'm not so sure about, and it may begin to irritate me, or it may begin begin to kind of feed into the story, just like it did in Fleabag, where suddenly it's almost part of the story. Mm. Um, kind of have to see, you know, what what are those looks about? Because at the moment they just seem slightly gratuitous. They're the only yeah. thing that I would say would be my only criticism of it. In that, apart from that, has the normal period drama stuff that you love. There's a tiny bit of politics, there's beautiful houses, there's fantastic costumes. She looks amazing. She's kind of dressed half man, half woman. The top, she wears a top hat and she's got this very austere top. Then she's also got a, a skirt. So she's still kind of inhabited by her sex. Yeah, I think quite often television gets depictions of lesbianism wrong. Um, mm. This doesn't feel gratuitous. It just feels, as I said, like a completely fresh story. I really like the score as well. The theme tune is fantastic and it has this sort of jaunty bounciness to it throughout, despite it being quite a bleak uh, and important real story. There's, there's some sort of bounce and joy in there as well, I found. Now, Matt, yeah. you're, you're kind yeah. of... I'm, I like my period dramas, but I like them to be gritty. So I like Peaky Blinders and I gave Ripper Street far more time than I perhaps should. But you find them overstylized sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I there there was like a modern tone to it, as I think you've alluded to there, in terms of the the character and and the breaking the fourth wall. It almost felt like they weren't confident enough in this premise. Mm. I think did she only talk to the camera a couple of times? Yeah, and there's in this all, there's first the episode, so it was like well. we want to do this, but we're not sure how it's going to play. So we'll only do it sporadically. We'll only do it a couple of times. So I don't know whether that's why this didn't that element of it didn't work. But no, I I found this to be a, an easy watch, kept my attention. I I thought Saran Jones was excellent, as you say, uh, Nicole. Very sort of striking character design to uh, to Anne Lister. I thought the the performances sort of were universally very good. Is a good sort of ensemble that's been arranged here. Do you think period drama fans will like it, Nicole? Because it is sort of it's not your typical period drama, is it? She's kind of a she's kind of a larger than life character, really. Yes, I think that we have to see whether she becomes more likable, and I guess we have to fall in love with the love story. It's going to be that bit more difficult because there isn't a kind of brooding man involved. No, we have to really fall in love with these two women. I just think she's an she's an amazing character. I mean, as you said, there's a lot of energy in it, and I think it comes from her. She's obviously a very charismatic character. You you see right at the end of the first episode this kind of sexual tension, and she's always 
almost kind of like the charismatic male normally would be and that he's mm. putting, putting the Sophie Rundle character on edge slightly. It's hard to say. It's not. She's not it's manly. But predatorial she's, almost, yeah, isn't it? It is really, yeah, that's exactly it. I really liked some of the sort of supporting performances. I thought um, Gemma Jones was very good. Rosie Caviero was the sort of housekeeper. Um, Gemma as well in yeah. her sort of small role there. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. This is one where I'll be interested in the audience reaction because some people will be tuning in expecting that they know what it is and it isn't that, is it? Yeah, I'm beginning to wonder whether, you know, because quite a few costume dramas haven't done as well because they're they're obviously very expensive to put on, you know, whether if this doesn't do well, whether that might mean less costume dramas being made. That's just Mm. a thought of mine because... I don't, you know, Vanity Fair didn't set the world alight, even though I thought it was really good. I think at the end of the day, people tune in for characters, and I think Saran Jones, mm. as Anne Lister, is an incredible force of nature as a character. But if you don't take to her and you don't believe in her world, then it might be harder for people to get on board. But I have to say, I really enjoyed it, and it was unmistakably Sally Wainwright dialogue yeah, as well with the dialogue yeah, yeah fantastic yeah. the characters are, are are all fantastic actually as you said and I think they will all just get better and will grow to love them the the relationship between um, Anne and her sister is very interesting because there's a lot of rivalry and anger there which I'm sure yeah. will be explored Gemma Whelan's um, a fantastic actress as well Gentleman Jack is going to be on the BBC by the time this goes out on Tuesday, episode one will be on iPlayer. It's a really fun piece of drama to lose yourself in. Sunday nights on BBC One at nine o'clock. Something that wasn't a really fun piece of drama <laughs> was perhaps The Virtues on Channel 4. This is written by Shane Meadows. He directs it as well and he's written it alongside uh, a long-time contributor, uh, Jack Thorne. This is the story of Joe, who is sort of his world falls apart when his ex-wife takes her partner and their young son to Australia and he hasn't got much really to live for. It's incredibly bleak, but also has made me cry twice this week. What did you make of this, Nicole? Because this is completely the other way to Gentleman Jack, where Gentleman Jack is, is fun and out of this world and bouncy. This is very much in this world and very relatable. Yeah. So it, it's kind of BAFTA award-winning territory, isn't it? The mm, performance already. of Stephen Gordon yeah. is fantastic. He completely, you know, even though we've only just seen him in Line of Duty, he completely inhabits this character. He's totally believable. It's a really tough watch. Um, it's not the kind of thing you're going to want to watch after a bad day, I don't think, because it's quite depressing. You know, the thing about good drama is it helps you look into other worlds and understand people. This will help you understand the guy who's raging outside the pub and you just, Mm. you know, you might just pass and think, oh, God, what's wrong with him? But actually, this guy has got so much pain. uh, I've only seen the first episode, but Mm. by the end of the first episode, we know that there's there's so much pain and there's going to be so much more pain to come. The scene where he has a chat with his son on the bed made me cry and I actually yeah. don't I don't know quite how they do that because when it started I wasn't sure who Joe was I wasn't entirely sure where they were going I obviously knew they were leaving and I had no reference points for these characters but that conversation they had just felt so naturalistic so 
normal and so believable that I was just invested in them immediately. Listen, I was thinking, you know, because I'm not going to be there. If you want to, I mean, it's up to you. Well, I don't mind. If you, you know, if you wanted to call David dad. But you're dad. Yeah, I know, I know, and I'll always be dad. I am dad, but just if you, if you want to call David dad, then that's okay with me, dad. Do you know what I mean? I understand, because he's good to you, isn't he? Yeah. And you know Vera from Liverpool? Remember when I took you to Liverpool? Well, I call her mum, don't I? Yeah. And she's not my real mum. I remember when I was about your age, when I was nine. That's when I first went to Liverpool. And it was hard at first, you know what I mean? They all spoke different and spoke funny with them silly little accents. But you just, you get used to it. And you, all them lovely blonde little Australian girls are gonna be all over you. You'll get new mates, cos you're brilliant at footy, aren't you? Them Australians can't really play footy. Not like you. And we can keep in touch, can't we? We can use the computer yeah. on the face lord thing, the Skype lordy, the Skype, what is it, what's it called? First, you yeah. do it on the iPad, and second, okay, it's called Skype. Skype. Not Skype lord. Not Skype lord. Okay. No, it's Skype. Now, don't say that. Don't say Skype lord. Ever. Don't okay. Say Skype lord ever Especially again. not in front of my friends. Oh, I can't say it in front of your friends. No. All your friends are going to Skype you, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they'll Skype you. So I will, we'll Skype regularly, yeah? Mm. We will Skype regularly. The way they speak is just unlike anything else on television. We just praised Sally Wainwright for her dialogue, and this has got to be the most human, naturalistic dialogue I've seen for a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic writing it. Similarly, Mum, you've got that very British mm. understatement where there's so much that isn't being said, but, you know, the actors are so good that you see the emotions without the words necessarily. I mean, the, obviously, the, the dialogue is fantastic, but a lot of it is what's not being said as well as what is being said. Such loaded conversations, aren't they, really? And even the interaction between Joe and the guy at the ferry uh, office is... is is Zimbabwe from Brookside, as, uh, as I recognised him as. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wasn't going to bring that up, but it was so clearly Zimbabwe from Brookside, yeah. It was so brilliantly done as well. It's such a believable interaction. Mm. The, fact, the fact that it was tough to watch, does that mean that you won't be going back to it, or does it mean you're just going to have to prepare yourself and be ready next time you do? You, you must watch this. Um, yeah, because it's it's brilliant. But you yeah. do have to have maybe the, the right be in the right frame of mind for it. You know, I was a massive fan of the This Is England franchise, and it has got that similar tone to the dialogue as you both mentioned there. Um, it did feel very much like that. You could hear the sort of almost like the cadence of of the characters back in mm. in This Is England, and I really appreciate I, I was going to say enjoyed it but i don't think that's the right word really no um you got the impression early on when he was talking to his ex-wife he did have quite a lot Problems. of demons and obviously you saw as soon as he got to the pub was it tom davis was playing the um the yeah. the landlord yeah and and that sort of interaction as his as his night slowly spins out of control and things like that and you realize you know he's quite a serious alcoholic and just on a whim decides to go to Belfast after this after this night of drinking and drugs I thought it was it was heavy going very sort of realistic sort of fly on the wall drama we'll definitely watch the watch the entire series but just very very bleak but with a um as you said BAFTA worthy performance from Stephen Graham really it's really important drama but obviously I don't think it's massively audience appealing because it's almost too real. You know, if you've come home from work, you want something frivolous to take your mind off stuff. This is not aimed at you, but it is incredible drama and possibly one of my favourites of the year already, having only seen the opening episode, which kind of felt like a setup to what's going to come. We've met this guy. We we we've had alluded to what his demons are, and now he's going to go and reconnect with the only family he has left. The virtues is on Channel Four, nine o'clock, uh, on Wednesday nights.
Have you told your friends about this podcast? Okay, here we go. No. It's just not my idea of a good time. Tell them now. That's what the people want to hear. This is the Custard TV podcast. Good to the last drop. From thecustardtv.com. Should we do mum next? To sort of LinkedIn, as, as Nicole said, about yeah. the sort of naturalistic tone of it. Um, okay, well, you you, want... you went to the screening to this one, so yeah, you... I you did, sort of yes, and, and I also wrote a review of this on the website. This is the third and final series of the brilliant... I, I suppose we could use comedy drama, couldn't we? But this is Leslie Manville as Cathy um, and sees all the characters' journey to a... A country estate where um, Kathy's brother Derek. Um, it's his birthday week. Derek's partner Pauline has hired out this this estate for his birthday, having got a, a large divorce settlement. And it's basically seeing the characters over over this week. Each episode is a day in the week from Monday to Saturday. Uh, the the themes here are that Kathy and and Peter Mills Michael have started a relationship, but are, are keen to keep this from. Jason, her son for now, Jason and his, his girlfriend Kelly are, are expecting a baby but aren't going to tell anyone. There's the the thinly veiled secret of her being on antibiotics and there's also the insinuation that Derek is going to try and propose to Pauline at some point during the week. So those, those are the sort of the basics of this series. I have to say that um, I kept on hearing how good it was and I, and I tried watching it and I just I didn't enjoy it. And then a friend came over and basically made me watch it with her. (laughs) Just sit down, don't move, mum's on. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So then I I finally got it. There's been a few of these now, haven't they, where they're comedy dramas and they're more drama than comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, And they're not that funny, really. Um, No, it's more just... yeah, Smiles. I have come to love it, and certainly I thought the first episode of this series, I've seen the first two, um, was just really beautiful. There's, there's a scene between um, Kathy and Kelly when Kelly basically, you know, she, her mum isn't really around, her mum's pretty useless, and she sees yeah. Kathy as a mum and really respects her, doesn't want to say that she's pregnant, but just really needs someone to help her. Um, so she's, she's talking asking about for friend. a friend. Yeah. yeah, she's asking for this advice for a friend, and it's so beautifully done that I was crying in the screening for that. One of my friends from Sainsbury's, who you don't know, she wasn't at my birthday. She's a little bit sort of uh, pregnant. Oh, okay. Yeah, like just like six weeks, four days or something, something like that. And she was asking me and I said I'd ask you because you know everything. You're basically the best person I've ever met. Have I told you that? You might have mentioned it, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she was wondering whether, when you're as pregnant as she is, six weeks, four days or or thereabouts, whether it's normal to get, like, little pains in your tummy. How little are they? They're just little pains, just sort of twinges and a, a few little aches down here. And, and do they make her dizzy, or does she have to sit down when she has them, or...? Um, no, I, I don't think so. They, they just sort of twinge a little bit. I think that sounds pretty normal. Yeah? Yeah. If they don't hurt too much or don't get any worse. She's got all these special bits of her body that she's never really used before. <laughs> now they're starting to wake up. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell her that then, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. How does she feel? Um, disgusting, yeah. She sort of feels constantly sick, I think, and sort of like she's the tiredest and ugliest person in the universe. And, like, she's always been... The stupid one? Well, if your friend's got any other questions, you can always ask me for her. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. I will do. I'm just going to pop to my room and text you all that info and then I'm going to get back to dealing with my massive period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lovely. If you, if you have watched the, the previous two series and you're really invested in these characters now and, and everybody loves the love story, the really understated love story of Cathy and Michael... 
Um, but even the other characters are quite monstrous, and I think that's what partially put me off mm, at yeah. first, is that they are all quite monstrous, particularly Pauline, but even, you know, even Kelly and Jason. But suddenly you see a whole different side to all of them, I think. And, yeah. and I suppose underneath everybody, there is this pain and just trying to survive and do the best they can and trying to cling on to whatever they can that might make them happy. Yeah, I mean, what what struck me when watching, because I've seen the first two as well, Matt's gone through the whole series like it's a packet of biscuits. But, um, or, or, or a pack of Pringles. Oh, yes. Nice mum <laughs> reference there with the pack of Pringles. <laughs> Maureen having too many. Hello, Nan, Grandad. Hi, Red. Hi, Maureen. I'm thirsty. Oh, dear. She's had too many Pringles. <laughs> oh. Too many Pringles, Cathy. <laughs> Stupid how many Pringles I've had. Hello, everyone. What I noticed was, and what I hadn't appreciated before, especially between... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Between the Michael, Kathy, and Jason story is that it's not been that long since Jason lost his dad and Kathy lost her husband. Mike was best friends with her husband and so... The father figure of, or Jason's father and Kathy's husband, sort of looms over the series now, and that's why Jason is struggling so much to, to accept the fact that his mum and his dad's best friend might have genuine affection for one another, and that isn't something I'd really given much credence to before. But it is important in this series when they start to come out as a couple. So in the second episode. Everyone makes a big deal about Kathy falling asleep on Michael when it's a it's a perfectly normal thing to do and could easily happen. But of course, it's it, Jason's still got this grief which is handled really well. And I I just think again the dialogue is brilliant. Things aren't overtly funny as you say. Things are funny because we know who these people are now and mm. we know how they speak. But they're not laugh out loud funny and i think that's although where... i i was saying to you and uh, nicole did you say you're at the screening yeah yeah it was odd wasn't it that that people were laughing out loud almost consistently throughout the both the episodes yeah and i don't people... know whether that's because they were funnier or just when you when you're in a group with other people yeah. you laugh more to me it's a very intimate show and so i wouldn't like to see it with a big group because it's not a comedy in the same way that Only Fools and Horses was a comedy or dare I say Mrs Brown's Boys I don't know but it's not an overtly comedic show it's got a real heart to it Matt as someone who's seen all six and is who is a massive mum fan are you satisfied by this Uh, series and and where it goes and how it ends yeah I think I mean I think it would depend to person to person depending on what they anticipated to happen but i think it it works for the kathy character in in sort of her final decision what she's going to do in the final moments of the last episode i think episode four is probably the the turning point for the series there is a really sort of powerful scene between kathy and jason where you sort of realize why jason feels like like he does about michael Mm. and because there are those sort of confrontational moments in the first episode aren't they where it's like why are you here why aren't you in Spain? That sort of thing. And well, it, I like you know, of... you, you, they sort of talk like your dad would be in that pool straight away, and he goes, yeah. "No, I don't think so. I don't think so, mate. I don't think he would." And yeah, and then at the end, they all say that. He's articulate in his pain, isn't he? Mm. Mm. So you and really, you do see that humanity in him. It all sort of 
opens up in this in this fourth episode which again it's got that sort of awkwardness to it it, it does just feel very realistic and i think that the humor comes as you said from from the characters and from knowing the characters and their sort of interplay and i think what works about this series having them out of Kathy's house is you get sort of pairings that you wouldn't have got previously in the series because you know everyone sort of interacted in pairs really they would come to the house do their little bit and go whereas whereas here everyone is for a better term stuck together for a week so you get little interactions there's some lovely bits between Derek and Kelly for example Pauline interacting with Reggie and Maureen which I don't think you really got up to this yeah. point so it's it's nice to see the, the the dialogue which i think which i think is really beautifully realized and even when these emotional moments come in they are sort of punctuated by by jokes um yeah. i'd say that fourth episode and i think it was the fourth episode in the last series wasn't it that we we really praised that was the one where michael's mum had died and oh, um, yeah. and he and he did that you know his admission and finally of his feelings for kathy but no, I mean this. I think everyone will be satisfied. But as it goes on, um, Dorothy Atkinson does has got a really good arc as Pauline as well. As we say, she is this sort of monster. But you see her sort of insecurities and things like that bubbling towards the surface. There's some nice moments between her and and Kathy in the third episode when she's sort of confronted by the the lady who owns the property. It's just brilliant. I, I, Is it I really all right if it. we stop here? Because I'd really like to go and watch the rest of Mum. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you're definitely selling it. I will definitely be watching the rest anyway, because I think everyone wants to know what's going to happen now, because we have fallen in love with these, you know, unlikely lovers. They're, they're middle-aged. Um, they're both quite solo, lonely characters, but they found this very special love, and I think the whole nation's probably fallen in love with them as a couple. What do you think about together. it being on? What do you think about it being on iPlayer, Nicole? Because they've not done that before. And on one hand, I'm thinking, yes, I could literally stop this recording and go and watch it all. But on the other hand, we're all going to be like the Netflix generation, all at, all all on a different page. So Matt's seen it all. You and I have seen two. Other people yeah. won't have started it yet. What do you think are the pluses and minuses of that? Well, I think it's an interesting time for it, isn't it? I've been thinking a lot about it because um, obviously Killing Eve will be going all on iPlayer as well, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas with Line of Duty and Bodyguard showed just how fantastic it can be, you know, and Game of Thrones right now, how fantastic it can be when everyone's watching stuff at the same time and talking Mm -hmm. about it and the momentum is building. Um, I'm not sure this needed to go on iPlayer because I think people love that story. So, but, you know, at the same time, I'm going to to the BBC are trying to work with different ways of, of putting television on to compete with Netflix and Amazon. Yeah. Um, I think there's probably a, a generation younger than me or two younger, years younger than me that probably save all their stuff so they can watch it as a box set because that's how people have got used to watching shows. Yeah. Um, and maybe they'll only be saving their big event television, like Line of Duty, as a weekly event but then it is it's a real shame when you can't watch something with other people talk about it all week what's going to happen um i love that part of it as a fan of shows like line of duty and game of thrones everyone's like with all it's, their different it makes it communal doesn't it yeah it just makes it more of a communal experience it's the one advantage that terrestrial tv still has over the streaming giants but i don't know whether i want this on iplayer because I'm tempted. I'm tempted to just gorge on it, and then it's over with. I mean, if you could lock the kids in the cupboard again for another sort of two and a half hours, you could finish the whole <laughs> series in one go. But no, <laughs> put some air holes in the cupboard. <laughs> I should say when this goes out on Tuesday, on Wednesday you might get a call from uh, Children's Services. But I haven't done. I was going to say, that. is this a bad time to say that I work for Children's Services? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'd forgotten that. <laughs> They're not really yeah. in a cupboard. Uh, okay. <laughs> they're they're yeah. being amazingly quiet. I think they're probably like my children. They they tend to watch things on Netflix. They are just completely not used to um, watching, having to wait for things. Television people aren't making enough shows that you can watch with a ten year old and a twelve year old. Um, no, we have been watching Ghost together, and they quite enjoy having to wait a week. 
I mean, as a family, do you watch Britain's Got Talent or things, or does that not interest them either? Yeah, they do like that. So that, yeah, that's there's not, there's just not enough shows like that, and there's not enough dramas like that. You know, no. things that are, are are quite tame but fun for all the family. Some people will turn their no- if they think it's family viewing. People, some people will turn their nose up at it and things, won't yeah, they? Yeah, it has to be like, good family viewing. Um, which is so hard to do. I can't think of the last big family viewing show where there'd be no language in it or anything offensive. And probably Britain's Got Talent is the only one that I could think of. Well, I suppose like Doctor Who and things like that, is that something you watch together? No, I mean, I, I always like Doctor Who, but mine have been that into it. Okay. As I said, you know, we are watching, Go- I mean, Ghost is on at 9.30, which is, it's pretty late. It doesn't need to be on that late. And there's nothing to stop it being shown at 8.30 and it probably would Not have really, a bigger no. audience. Cause, yeah, because they, they did tout it as a post-Watershed sitcom, I remember, with the screening that they said it wasn't suitable for children under 12. But I've watched the first yeah. couple of episodes and I, I can't really understand why. No, I totally can't. I mean, you know, if it, I thought there was something really rude or whatever, I wouldn't let my 10-year-old watch it, but they're absolutely fine with it. Um, you know, and it's just a good, fun comedy show. You know, we'll go on and talk about the other one now, what we do in the shadows, and that reminds me a bit of Ghosts, um, slightly sexier, but, um, slightly you know, it's just sexier it's comedy. Ghosts. Yeah. Well, let's do that then. The final one is what we do in the shadows. It's going to be on in double bills on uh, on Sunday nights on BBC Two. In fact, it's been so poorly trailed and spoken about that you had to message me in the week and say, when is it on? What is it? Because I can't find any... Because they've just not spoken about this turning up at all. But uh, it is a US show uh, from uh, Jermaine Clement and... I'm going to butcher this. Taika Waititi. Based on the film of the same name. It's moved the action from the film, which was set in New Zealand, to Staten Island in the US. And it's got three leads who are weirdly all British. So we got... Matt Berry, Kaven Novak, and Natasha Demi... I see, there you go again. Dimitri. Dimitri or Dimitri, yeah. Uh, Sister of Jamie from Stuff Stuff Let's Flats uh, that we saw last year. And it's basically a fly-on-the-wall documentary in the similar style to the film, following these vampires around on their everyday business. And the new additions are the familiars Guillermo who has been promised he will be turned into a vampire at some point, and Colin Robinson, the energy vampire, <laughs> who him. sort of sucks the life out of you rather than killing you the usual vampire way. Uh, Nicole, I'd be interested to start with you because obviously you didn't have a lot of knowledge of this beforehand. So how did you find it? I just thought it was just a really clever idea. As I said earlier, it did kind of remind me a little bit of Ghost because you basically yeah. got these... Um, housemates who were stuck somewhere um, not just for even a two years or whatever but hundreds and hundreds of years <laughs> and how they get on I love the idea of the energy vampire and how he um, he basically destroys people by just talking rubbish and grinding the coffee machine and stuff <laughs> and then he ruins it for the other vampires because once he's got his victims and they've got, yeah. they have no nutritional value to the other vampires it's very cleverly done it's yeah. funny, it's silly. Uh, yeah, I just really loved it, actually. I definitely would watch more. They're kind of taking the mickey out of va- the vampire genre, which is really good fun. And also taking the mickey out of the, the kind of fly-on-the-wall genre as well. Yeah. yeah at one point, they, at one point the, kind of, is it the Baron, he arrives and, uh, and, and, and he's doing all this scary stuff and then he suddenly realises there's a camera. <laughs> and he's like, what's yeah. that? And they're like, oh, they're doing a documentary on us. <laughs> And it's really yeah. funny. It's a, funny, it's a great moment, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, it is really, really good. Uh, I've seen all of the episodes that have aired in the States up till now, so I'm quite a, a long a way through. But this first episode I rewatched for the purposes of this podcast because I'm nothing if not professional. And I really, <laughs> really enjoyed it again. I would say that Matt Berry always plays Matt Berry, but here I really enjoyed him as well, well he I always thought. plays toast doesn't he matt barry yeah. isn't like i when i went to the toast screening he's very sort of subdued as himself yeah. but he plays the same role doesn't he, he plays the, the much, larger yeah. life character it's really well done and kevan novak who i never rated 
in things like Phone Jacker and some of the UK comedy he's oh, what done. What was I that think... one you really hated with Bradley oh. Walsh? Oh, God. Oh, Suntrap. Suntrap. Oh, God, I'd forgotten all about that. But here, he's really, really good. I mean, he might be the star of it for me. They all speak great in this sort of great accent as well, and everything they say has got a funny twist to it. And I love the bit where he was trying to get them to go and sit in the, the living room when they opened the letter. It's just a formality. Just go in there. Yeah, but you could have read it by now. I know, but it's just a formality. <laughs> Please go in there. So, listen, we have received a letter, and I would like very much to read it to you, but not here. We want to go into the library. Why not here? I'd like to read it in there. It's just a formality. It'll sound exactly the same if you read it here than if you read it in there. I'm not going to disagree with you, but it's not the point. I was a very ferocious soldier in the Ottoman Empire, which meant a lot of killing, a lot of pillaging. People would say, please, don't pillage me. And I would say, no, I'm pillaging everyone you included. I was relentless. They would call me Nando the Relentless because I just never relent. So I'd like very much for us to go into there, please. Just a formality. Come on, please. It's just a formality. You could have read it by now. Mm. Just a formality, okay? Look, it's not even that far. Come on, please. this fine. Thank you, Laszlo. It's just a formality, please. Nadia, just a formality. Mm. Thank you. Guillermo, the doll. The humor's very silly. Fly on the yeah. wall thing we think we've seen done a million times, but it's really well handled here and not just a gimmick. How did you feel about having seen the film as well? Because I haven't seen the film, so how did yeah, you I feel mean, this new incarnation? It was quite similar to the film in that you've got those sort of same character archetypes. I mean, it's a while ago since I saw the film. I think it came out in 2014. Um, but I do remember there being a familiar in that who wanted to be turned into a vampire but yeah, I do like the sort of the additions. I think Colin Robinson is such a good character because it's sort of, yeah, we all know someone like this, don't we? Who sort of sucks the life out of the room and bores us to tears. And, Sorry. Because he does say, like, you probably know an energy vampire yourself. And there's that great scene in the um, in the second episode in the um, town planning meeting where he just comes up with his cue cards to talk about zoning issues. Um, and, you yeah. know, by the end, everyone's going to be completely zapped out i think it has that tone you know jomaine clement and taika watiti you know you've got that sort of silly tone to all their things but it's not just silly there's a little thing little yeah. bits going on underneath so like um nadia seeing seeing sort of herself in the in the larpa girl in the second episode and yeah. gradually turning her into a vampire and guillermo's yeah. sort of want to be made a vampire himself and be accepted but you know yeah. Nand or Kaiva Novak's character just not realising this at all and instead like drawing yeah. making him a glitter picture of the two <laughs> of them together yeah. 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 I, I just really think that the BBC they've purchased, purchased the show from FX they should be you know shouting about it a bit more and making people aware that it's on because it, they really have not seen a single trailer I think we might be the only people talking about it, really, and it's a shame because it's really, It's a great really shame because it's, there's not enough comedy on television, especially, like, just funny, silly, yeah. not serious, not Brexit comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it is really worth your time. What we do in the shadows, 10 o'clock Sunday nights um, on BBC Two, right then. We can muck about no more. It's time... <laughs> This it's is a bit time. Dreaded, so. This is the bit where all of a sudden your kids will call you away. Yeah, <laughs> they'll just interrupt at the right time. This is Boxmaster. Okay, let's begin. we should say at the top has no relation to Popmaster on Radio 2 apart from the name no, the questions no, nothing, no. the bonus rounds no, and the, no, no but it's all of that to do with TV so yeah, it's nothing yeah, to do yeah, with it at all completely our own creation <laughs> so uh, we have 10 questions in total um, we've got bonus rounds as well so you've got to pick from food and drink or you can have occupation. Which would you rather have? 
Okay, so uh, occupation. Occupation. Hmm, okay. Okay. Oh dear. Okay, which is, okay start again. No. Which is easier? No, no, no. I think uh, you'll be fine with occupation. I think so. So, question number one, just the normal question. Twins Lindsay and Michael, and their brothers Job and Buster, make up the sibling group at the centre of which American comedy? Um, I have no idea. Okay, that's Arrested <laughs> Development. <laughs> We've mentioned it already today, so this might be of help to you. Troubled Town by Jake Bug is the theme to which BBC drama series that we've actually mentioned today? Um, is it one that we've been talking about? No, no. <laughs> That's too no, easy, but it's one you mentioned. You mentioned it in, in, a, pre, in a sort of a preamble of, of, exp of explaining uh, what what one of the shows we were talking about was. Okay, so was it um, Happy Valley? Yes! Well done, <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's your bonus question. In occupation then, I'm just going to tell you the character name and you've got to tell me what they do for a job. Nikki Alexander. What does she do for a job in the BBC One drama that she's the centre of? Oh, she's a forensic pathologist. She is in Silent Witness. Oh. Congratulations. I wouldn't have got that one. Oh, really? No, well, <laughs> I'm amazed. That's why you're I'm not amazed. playing I'm now have two. <laughs> okay, a year question, the obligatory year question. The US versions of The Office, comedy How I Met Your Mother, and political BBC comedy The Thick of It all started in which year? Two thousand and three. Oh, so close. Two thousand five. Okay, question number five. Who has presented shows called Miracles of Nature, Crash Course, and Total Wipeout? Um. Uh, Richard Hammond. Yes. What? Well done. Yes, well done. Okay, an another bonus question. I'm going to tell you the character name. You just tell me what they did as a job. Boise from Only Fools and Horses. Oh, Boise. Uh, what did he do? Now, I should know this. It's my fa husband's favourite show. Um, is he a, oh, he's a second-hand car dealer, isn't he? He is. Well done. <laughs> In which state is the... Hospital drama ER set. It's set in Chicago, isn't it? That's not a state there. Oh, well, that's my fault, actually. Yeah, Illinois is the state, but you're right. We should have said which city? Chicago. So <laughs> you should get more, should get more <laughs> points was, was that than the I answer? Yes, that was the answer, <laughs> okay. yeah. I, I lived there for 12 years, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know. The difference between a city and a state is quite massive. But Sarah Alexander, Sheridan Smith and Julia Sawala have all been partners to which TV amateur detective? Oh, I do know this, but I can't remember his name. Played by Alan Davies. Um, uh, oh, uh, what's the name of him? He's not, he's not, been, he's not had a TV show for ages, has he? No. Um, no. Oh. Gosh, can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when people people always have a breakdown at some point during the game. Bang your head on my chair. It's Jonathan Creek. Oh yeah. Yeah. Final bonus question to get the occupation correct. Jackie Payton. Jackie Payton, what did she do as her job in a um, US series from a few years ago? I have no idea. She was the titular character, wasn't she? Yeah, she was the nurse in Nurse Jackie. Oh, okay. Your last question before this, this all ends. Who were the three men in a boat in the BBC Two travel series? Uh. Is this the one with the chefs with 
Um, no, 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 that wasn't, no. no um, These were three men in a boat just travelling around. Tibidians, wasn't it? Yep. Rob Brydon was one of them, wasn't he? No, but I would have preferred that. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, it would have been Griff Rhys-Jones, Dara O'Brien and Rory McGrath. That was a hard well, one, because I, I wouldn't well, remember Griff Rhys-Jones. Weirdly, I thought of the question and then couldn't remember Rory McGrath, so I should have taken, <laughs> it, I should have taken it off at that point, really. But you didn't think you'd do very well. What What is her score, Matt? Actually, done done very well. Twenty one points. Oh my god! I have no that idea is how really that good. What we need is a Top Gear style podium leaderboard. Yeah. yeah. I just haven't got the room in this room. Perhaps when the builders have finished next door, I can erect a big podium with people's names on it. But well done. <laughs> that wasn't a bad round of Boxmaster at all. Boxmaster will be back <laughs> next week. Nicole, where can people find you if they want to sort of? learn more about what you're writing and your opinions on things what's the best place for people to check you out they can check me out on twitter at nicole lampert um i do have a website yeah so they can look up on nicole lampert on google it will come up um, my staff is weekend magazine mainly i'm in there most weeks and i'm in drama quarterly sometimes have you seen anything upcoming that you think you were really impressed by that we haven't seen yet you think um well i don't know if you went to the killing eve screening last um earlier this week but that was really good i was quite worried obviously people on a bridge is longer the writer it's emerald fennell um and actually people it, it was a bit like you know with mum where people were laughing out loud quite a lot i think it was really good maybe even better you see um, Villanelle in a completely different light and definitely for all fans of the show, they are not going to be disappointed. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank I really appreciate me. it. Please release the cupboard. Actually, I can't believe how quiet they've been. <laughs> I know, I'd be quite worried if I were you. I'd Thank go and check on them now. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com So that is it for another Custard TV podcast. Four really good shows, four shows that we're going to keep watching, which doesn't often happen, even on the old incarnation of the show. We didn't always keep watching everything. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can. There are various ways. Uh, we mentioned it at the top, but the Twitter handle for the podcast is at Custard TV Pod. Uh, I am at Luke Custard TV, and Matt is at Matt's TV Bites. What we'd really like uh, for you to do, though, is to go onto iTunes and give us a review, preferably five stars, but we'll leave that up to you, just so that people can see that people are listening and enjoying the podcast. Uh, So if you can go and do that. We're on all the listening apps, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn, and if you want to drop us an email, if Twitter doesn't allow you to have as many characters as you like, uh, for an email, then custard TV reviews. That's with an S on the end. Uh, at gmail.com is the place to do that. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash the custard TV is where you can find individual reviews of shows going back years. Subscribe to us on there. It all helps, really. Not only helps us, but it helps spread the uh, brand, as it were, of the website. And the website yeah. is the custard TV. Dot com where you can find mum's I'm sorry Matt's mum's mum's piece. review of Matt mum's <laughs> review of Matt it's not great <laughs> no Matt's review of mum it's kind of a, a love letter to not just this third and final series but what's made it so incredibly great uh, throughout its run uh, there's also reviews up of Gentleman Jack and of every episode of Game of Thrones. We've also um, got a bonus Game of Thrones podcast, which I'm sure you've all been listening to anyway, but um, myself and Gary, formerly of this parish, um, (laughs) um, uh, Gary goes Westeros, we've been doing it week by week, and I think we've been quite fair as compared to some of the other people talking about Game of Thrones. So our final episode will be up sometime this week, probably after this this goes up. Uh, We'll be back, not next week, but the week after when the bigger shows take hold and we're also talking about big programs that I have not quite sure 
Good Omens, yes, um, and other things that are on in that week yet, which haven't been 100% confirmed, but we will. Uh, and also, finally, we mentioned it before, the Rewind, uh, where we pick a show we've either never seen or want to see uh, or want to revisit. This time we, we've we gone... We never want to see. <laughs> no, we're doing Bodies, which is Jeb Mercurio's hospital drama, the sort of the big one from the noughties that's all there on iPlayer for you to watch. If you want to watch along with us, we'll be reviewing, let's say, the first two episodes on the next podcast. Um, so if you want to... Uh, give us your views and watch along our pace. You are more than welcome to, and we can be a bit of a communal, a communal event oh, with the nice. rewind. Oh, it'll be nice, won't it? It'll be nice, be won't nice. it? Yeah, be very nice, won't it? We will be back soon. This has been another edition of the Custard TV podcast. Thank you and goodbye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realise that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.